Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi guys, welcome back onto the podcast. Magli here and I have Sophie Callahan with me. And Sophie, I was actually gonna say, I was gonna title you for you, but how would you title yourself? So I am a social media strategist um, and a marketing coach and also a brand photographer. And basically I work with women who run small businesses. Have you always done that? No. Okay. No. So I started off, so I've always been a photographer and I started off in uni um, and I was photographing events to kind of just pay my way through uni. And I've always been into horses. I did an equine degree at Rittle College and I was doing these like event photography. My dad came on board and uh, put some money into it and we developed it into a franchise. And I was photographing like football tournaments and black tie events, which was tedious and <laughs> cold a lot of the time. And I was training franchisees and all of that. And I wanted to photograph horses. So I ended up going it alone and doing that. And then I ended it, it, it sounds like such an obscure journey to go from photographing horses to working with businesses. <laughs> but there was kind of a, um, a journey, it was a journey that made sense. And it was very like evolutionary. And because then I started working with equine businesses, just kind of on the side photographing for brands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized that so many businesses didn't know how to use their images properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would take all these lovely product photos photos and then they would just kind of sit on a hard drive and or people might put one on social media every now and then and I was like like you're not using these to the best of your ability so then I started coaching about social media and that kind of thing and then I moved out of outside of just the equine industry and now I work with all kinds of small businesses and I mean with kids the photography took me all over the UK and it was just too much so now I just stay home and coach how did you find navigating that because correct me if I'm wrong you don't come from a marketing social media background how did you figure it out I became completely obsessed (laughs) okay and I I think before I had kids I had a lot more time and my Mm -hmm. entire time was just my business it was that was my first baby and yeah I spent a lot of time working it out and learning and reading everything I could listening to podcasts and I just learned it I just learned how to reach the people that I wanted to reach my target audience and how to create content that really appealed to them and that converted them into buyers Um, and I just figured out this process that really worked and that's what I now teach other people. Do you find that becoming a mum has made you all the more passionate about the work that you do because you understand how hard it is to have a business and being a mum at the same time? Yes absolutely and one of the things that I've really changed since becoming a mum is my time is now so productive because it's so limited it's now so productive and so what I try to teach all of my clients is like time-saving processes boundaries um, and to run a business that really kind of works with our lives and I really don't believe that we have to work ourselves into the ground work nine to five and all of that to achieve success and I feel like setting ourselves up with processes and automations and you know, schedules that fit with our lives is, you know, especially as mums is the way forward. Is that really possible? Because I feel, okay, and I look forward to (laughs) getting deeper into that with you. Because the problem is, I feel like social media is full of tips and tricks and tactics. And, Mm -hmm. you know, do these five things for XYZ. As a mum who is emotional, hormonal, um, stressed, overwhelmed, and personally, I am a small business owner. How do you divide, you know, the genuine people that are there to passionately help mm-hmm. women and mothers and business owners compared to the people that are, you know, just, you know what I mean? Bleh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned tactics, and I think there's a really big difference between tactics and strategy. So tactics are things like post five reels a week, or, you know, like, and I do teach tactics, there's one that's a really good one that's, if you don't post on your Instagram stories for 24 hours, and then you post a really engaging sticker, so like a poll or something, and then you post your next grid post, you tend to see a, a peak in engagement and reach. So that's a tactic. And you know, they're great. But strategy it's about your funnel really it's about how you're bringing people into your world and then how you are serving them for free before you before they become a client and then how you're converting them into customers and that's your strategy and that needs to be something that is manageable and if I if I were to take you on as a client and I was and you I was to say you need to post every single day otherwise you're not going to see any um success you're never going to do it. So strategy has to be manageable. And that's the bit I think we need to be fitting in with our real lives. And I think, what was your question? (laughs) I feel like I've gone off on a tangent. Um, Yeah, me too. And I was so interested that I feel like I've almost forgotten my question as well. Um, How can people figure out or find the people that are really there to help them, you know, in this sort of, especially I think as a mom, you just want community. You feel Mm -hmm. so alone in everything. And Mm -hmm. social media can be such a hole. How can we find a way to make our social media our own community? Yeah. And figure out the people that are really there to passionately help us compared to the people that are just there to... I don't want to say show off, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, we are so much more in control of our social media than I think we remember we are. And like you can, the mute button and the unfollow button and all of those are there for a reason. Use them. You know, if something doesn't, if someone comes up on your timeline and they make you feel inferior or they don't bring you joy or you're comparing yourself or anything like that, mute them. They don't even have to know about that. Um, So that's one thing I think when you talk about like kind of curating your space to be really kind of empowering and um, inspiring, that's one thing. But if we're talking about the people that are there to just kind of sell you tactics and not help you build we call them soft businesses so they're businesses that really work with our other commitments because I love business and I love social media and I love you know building this career that I'm building but it's not my priority my priority is my children and it is my quality of life and it's my husband and all the other things and being a business owner is only part of what I do so we have to build soft businesses that allow for all of the other facets that make us who we are and I think if somebody comes along and they says you need to post twice a day seven days a week and you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this then they're not right for you and it's just that feeling that you get when you start working with someone something touched me when you said that your priority isn't your work Um, it's you know your children and husband Mm -hmm. quality of life and I've spoken a lot on the podcast about I became a mom and it wasn't a surprise however the surprise was it wasn't my end all and be all and yes Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know if you've you know, gone through a journey in terms of motherhood. I mean, I'm sure you have, we all have in a certain way, but my work, it's a fine line between, you know, I don't want to say that my business is my everything, but my work as a yoga teacher, it's my passion and Mm -hmm. it's such a big part of my identity. And I don't really know where I'm going with this. (laughs) But did you ever find that you struggle to have that boundary between your work being your passion but then your children and the guilt and blah 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 do you know what I mean yes absolutely I I totally know what you mean so bearing in mind I was doing photography I was doing equine photography all over the country until I just before I had my second baby which was the end of 2021 so I was still doing it when I had Molly my first baby and I was so passionate and it was a huge part of my identity like I'd worked my whole adult life to get where I wanted to be with you know I was one of the leading equine photographers in the UK I was doing really well with it I was working with some huge names 
and it was who I was absolutely and I was really passionate about it and I'm really passionate about the job I do now and one of the things that I love is that I am teaching my girls that I can make a difference and that I can you know it's not just daddy that goes out there and works it's mummy as well and not only that I'm doing a job I love and I want them to know that they don't have to go to work and hate it I want them to know that they can go to work and love what they do so when I say that it's not my priority what I mean is like if you know I had a client call or and my kid was sick the client call would be the thing to go first right I would go and collect my child that's got to be my priority as a mum it just has to be right and you wouldn't want it any other way and actually it's such a privilege to be able to run a business that allows us to prioritize our children and our families in that way but that I think for me is the passion it's building a business what I'm really passionate about is building a business that allows a lifestyle where I can prioritize other things and I work solely with women and my when I first nailed that target market down my husband was like why are you being so niche why are you excluding men I was like because if I have to go and get my child from school halfway through a client call a lot of men won't understand that Mm -hmm. whereas women will even Mm -hmm. women who aren't mums they just are more empathetic more understanding about things like that and I need to run my business in a way that suits my family and women get that Mm. so I think that's the balance it's so true it's so true do you think we are I mean I think this I said it just before we started but do you think we're moving more towards a life where more and more people are wanting to be not employed so therefore Mm self-employed and do you think it's possible do you think it's genuinely possible I'm so skeptical because I think I have lived for so long wanting not to be in the rat race, so to speak. Yes. But then responsibilities, you know, mortgage, kids, or I have one, but I've got a dog, basically a child. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For women that are me, basically, what would you say is step one? You know, where where do we start? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think there's two things. I think if you, I think so many women have babies and then they are like, oh, I don't really want to go back to work. I thought I was going to want to go back to work. I mean, when I when I had my first one, the laughable thing is I thought I was just going to be running my photography business and she was just going to be playing on the floor in the background. Like, <laughs> as if. <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah, I was like, me. oh, I'll just send a couple of emails to studios and then I'll yeah. go off to my class. Someone can take care of her. I hadn't even thought who would take care of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah I I mean, it's just never going to happen, isn't it? But I think women get themselves in this situation where they have no idea what it's going to be like. And I, you know, I felt like I had a business that was fairly set up for having a family because I worked my own hours. I had my mum who would have the baby if I needed her to. Like I thought I was set up for it and I was not. And then I realized having a baby, I couldn't be out of the house seven days a week, you know, all over the country. So then I tried to obviously fiddle that around and work out what I was going to do next. And I think that so many women end up in that position where they're like, actually, I need to scale this down. I need to scale it back. I need to do something else. I need to work for myself. They don't don't really know what they want to do, but they know that whatever they had planned isn't going to work mm-hmm. um and yes I think it's completely possible I think if you are in employment I would say that to kind of build it up on the side first and do it in you know your evenings or your days off and build up a portfolio of whatever it is you do work for free get that experience so that when you start charging um you've got something to show for it and you've got client testimonials and you know all of those sorts of things and if you are a mum who is unemployed or on maternity leave then use that that time to do that work and to prove your worth and to kind of do your apprenticeship if you like it's so hard <laughs> it is it is yeah I'm not saying it's easy where do you find the line in between working so hard working until late because you know in the day you're with your kids mm-hmm. and also just needing to rest because mentally like life is challenging yeah 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 have really really strong boundaries and they have kind of been built up over time through getting it wrong and through burning out and like I never work on a Friday that's my day with my kids and I don't if you don't if someone doesn't like that then they're not the client for me I don't as you know that's one of my non-negotiables um in the evenings I I try really hard to only take on things that I know I can fulfill so I had a podcast I have shelved that podcast for the summer because it was I've always wanted to do it but it's so much work yeah (laughs) 
what people don't realize and even i don't think i realized i was like yeah i'll start a podcast i'll yeah. just you know chat i'll chat to some people blah blah but it's after the chat it's the editing mm -hmm. it's the you know the publishing the notes that oh yeah. my gosh yeah 100%. yeah the getting new guests it's so much work and you know i loved it and i at the moment i've got 10 episodes out and it, i'm i'm kind of in my head i was like okay well that can be like my first series and then i will park it for now whilst we're on summer holidays because i don't want to be working the whole i don't want my kid to be on her ipad while i'm working all summer it's just not the way i'm gonna parent and if i was doing the podcast that would be what happened because I've got so much else that I've committed to for the clients that have already paid me and to try and onboard new clients I want to help as many women as I can and the podcast there's no at the moment for me there's no return on investment so okay. right now that was the bottom of my, my list and I had to think okay I would love to be able to carry on with it and you know I could see that as a failure but I'm going to see that as a lesson. And I've learned that actually that's something that takes up too much of my time and doesn't give enough back right now. So that can go over there. And I think, you know, when it comes to things that I work on in the evening, you have to make sure that you're doing the things that make the most difference. So I always start with lead generation and sales generation every single working day so that I know whatever else I'm doing, when it, whether it's creating or, you know, a, a podcast interview or anything like that, I've already done the bit that's going to bring the sales into my business you're talking and mentally I'm making notes and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> right okay <laughs> um the thing that resonated with me the most and at the risk of making this about me no, you know I can also I can only speak for myself and hopefully other women will resonate with mm -hmm. where I'm coming from and therefore you know you won't just be helping me. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, what really resonated with me is this, what phrase did you use? It sounds so business-like, which is just, I think also we put these labels on ourselves. Oh, I'm not business-minded. And yeah. I'm trying really hard to get out of that narrative because yes, I fucking am. Like, yeah. oh, I can be. Um, yeah. Anyway, but. We'll go back to that in return a minute. On... I've got a really good tip. Carry on. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Remember then. that because I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> return on investment uh-huh i carry so much shame and so much guilt around the fact that my work and my passion doesn't financially contribute as much to my life as i would like it to okay using the podcast for example mm -hmm. i don't make any money on that at all and like we just said it takes so much fucking time <laughs> but it's something that i'm so unbelievably passionate about holding space for women and being able to share any insights stories funny anecdotes anything that will make us feel a little bit less alone because fuck me i have felt so alone in my journey and mm -hmm. how how do you shift that so i think um you're only measuring financial contribution and there's so much more to contribution right i mean think of all the things that you do around the house and all of the things that you add to your family that's all a contribution and it's not all monetary and this is no different like if it if it helps your mental health and if it helps other women then that's a really worthwhile thing to do and I think with I'm helping other women in a lot of other ways and my podcast would have hopefully helped people to build their businesses and to believe in themselves but there's a lot of other ways I help people. And at this time, that wasn't the one that A, brought money in and B, was probably the, the best use of my time. But I don't, it wasn't just necessarily about the return on investment. That was one of the things. But I think with you, like this podcast, if it's helping other people and if it's helping you and if it's making you a better mum because it's helping your sanity and it's helping you believe that you're doing something worthwhile, then I think that's a really huge contribution. I agree. How do you, but you know, at the same time, at the risk of sounding, like I'm in it for the money which I'm obviously not but it'd be, it'd be nice to yeah you know okay. make a little bit of income from your passion so mm -hmm. I know that you work with social media strategies but does your work also incorporate finding ways to yeah am I making like finding ways to make money monetize. from yeah. the work yeah you can monetize anything like I mean anything and I think that the I, what I would say to everybody is that it's never too early to build your personal brand and 
around whatever you want to do. If you're building a brand and you are building a community around that brand of people who um, relate to you and understand you and kind of buy into your story and that you can serve in any way and that can literally just be putting a smile on their face every single morning. That is service, you know, that is value. And I think if you are doing that and building a community that are listening to your podcasts or reading your blogs or whatever it is somebody does that isn't monetized at this point, you can monetize that thing because you it becomes of value to brands then. So you can get sponsorship, um, you can work with brands who would come onto the podcast or who, you know, for example, I know that the influencer marketing thing is huge at the moment. It's also frowned upon and people find it really kind of icky, but it's a really good way for mums to earn money and also to build community and to connect with other people and you know, I was talking to my husband the other day and saying, I don't know how our mums dealt with bringing up young children. And they didn't not just have Instagram, they didn't have text, they didn't have anything, any means of communication other than phone calls. And their days at home must have been really long and lonely. And I think that social media allows us to connect with other people and to feel like we have friends on tap who can help us out when we have a bad day like I had yesterday, (laughs) the day from hell. And so if you're using it in that way and you're building a community, then there's definitely the opportunity to monetize a podcast, for example. Okay, Sophie, (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm booking in a call. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not I'm not joking. (laughs) Oh my God. Because I think I think you're so right. There is this there's this resistance, I think, with my generation. Um, I don't know how old you are. I'm 32. And I think we were just before the influencer people, if that makes yeah. sense. And so there's a little bit of cringe around yeah. it. But at the end of the day, it is the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're judging ourselves for doing it or taking advantage of it, for lack of a better word, we're missing we just out. jealous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're missing huge opportunities. And that's, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier, like, I want to inspire my girls to do whatever they want to do. And we live in such an exciting age where there's so much opportunity, like we can literally run a business from a laptop on a beach if we want to like what an amazing time to live (laughs) like I want my kids to know that that's possible and I want to you know so what I was going to say earlier when I said I've got a a really good tip was like there's so much stigma around like sales and making money and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and I think that if we swap sales for serving that's a really good way to get around that and you know that can be like I say to my my clients like you solve a problem for someone and I've got clients who are photographers like run a pub are nail technicians all sorts and they're like well I don't really solve a problem but if so for example let's use an influencer if you have a mum who is lonely and who needs some support or just needs to read something that makes her think oh my god I'm not on my own that is solving a problem for someone and that is serving and the more money we have the more good we can do and the more people we can help and I think we need to swap it from I am making people pay me for something to I have this amazing thing that can help people if I don't charge for it I can't help as many people as I would like to so this is just their financial commitment to the next step with me if they want to whatever it is you help them solve does that make sense yeah I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this but I'm sure I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. what are your words of wisdom on when you feel like you work really hard on a bit of content and the engagement is just non-existent yeah I mean you're definitely definitely not alone on that (laughs) okay good (laughs) so I am definitely at a point now like Instagram has been going through some issues like of its own like it's wanted to be TikTok and it's just Mm -hmm. not everybody's reach is down and everybody's engagement is down we are all in it together firstly summer always makes um reach and engagement take a huge hit because everyone's out enjoying themselves they're not sitting around on their phone so there's things to think about like that like it's not anything you are doing it is just instagram on the whole or life on the whole or you know it's never anything that you're doing and i think that there's a couple of things here one is that i'm at a point now definitely where i do not give a shit how many followers or how many likes or how many comments i'm getting if my content can help one silent person that doesn't buy, doesn't comment, doesn't like, then it's done its job. Mm-hmm. And I think that is much more common now. People are not liking so freely. People are not putting themselves 
forward when they enjoy content. They're kind of just reading it and then going about their day and it might make a difference to them in some quiet way. And that's fine for me. Like, I don't mind. Or if somebody DMs me privately and buys my course or buys my program, then no one would know about that. It wouldn't get any likes. It wouldn't increase its engagement, but it's done its job. And I think we've got to get away from this whole likes and followers. It's called vanity metrics and it doesn't matter. Like, it's so unimportant. And again, I don't want my kids growing up thinking that the amount of likes and followers they've got matters. Like, I want them to think that the thing that matters is helping people and doing good in the world and improving their own life. And, you know, that's not what likes and followers are. (laughs) No, 100%. So that's one thing. The other thing I think is building email lists. So we don't own our social media platforms, but we own our email lists. And if you are building a business of any sort or a community of any sort, you you need an email list and you need to be getting, you need to be using social media as a tool and a vehicle to move your followers and your community off of rented space onto space that you own. Yeah, I've been building my email list for about six years. (laughs) But but like so sporadically, yeah, like (laughs) building my email list, you know, in inverted (laughs) commas. Um, Yeah, it's one of those things. You can't help but get trapped into social media. Like it is unbelievable. It makes you think that it's the end all and be all. Yeah, that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to keep us on there. It's so hard. How do you work your... Instagram so firstly actually in when when I say social media I tend to mean Instagram mm-hmm, yeah me too <laughs> okay um but are you present on any other platforms yes I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn um and I scroll on TikTok but don't post <laughs> okay but Instagram is your sort yeah. of business yeah. How do you find integrating your personal life and your business on Instagram and where that balance and boundary is? Because I think when you're mm-hmm. self-employed, you are the brand to a certain extent, yeah, but yeah, you are the brand and you have people that potentially follow you for personal reasons, people that follow you for your business. Where do you find the balance between sharing yourself and sharing your business, if that makes yeah. sense? Yeah, I mean, so again, there's a couple of things that I think we need to kind of touch upon to help people work out where they sit with this. But uh, boundaries, like you have to work out your own boundaries. And like some people I know are happy to share like the backs, a photo of the back of their kids' heads, but not the, you know, their face. For me, I share most of the stuff about my children and I share their faces online and stuff. But then I'm really careful about like where we live and where they go to school and stuff like that. And they're my boundaries. And there's no right or wrong. None of this is gonna like make or break your business. But there's a thing called the social penetration theory where relationships are built on self-disclosure. And the more you disclose about yourself, the more your friend, your new friend or you know, your boyfriend or whatever is going to feel connected to you and they will then disclose back. And if we use that theory to think about building a social media community, the more vulnerable we are online and the more we give, the more we're going to get back. So I think we have to find things about ourselves that we can put into our business. As personal brands, we have to be injecting ourselves into our brand because otherwise, you know, there's nothing. It's such a privilege building a personal brand and being able to have that personal connection with people. Um, And that's what differentiates us from bigger brands and, you know, corporates and things like that. So if we're going to use that, we have to find things to talk about that. And it can be really simple. It can literally be like what you eat while you're working or, you know, where you're working today if you're working on site or anything like that just things about us or you know our thoughts and feelings anything like that but there's no right or wrong and no one can tell you what to post and you should never be posting anything that is uncomfortable for you my stuff about my kids is the stuff that does the best so I can post about social media and I know that that's adding value and that's helping people and people get a lot from that but when I post about my my I posted last night a story about what what a shit day I'd had yesterday and how my kids had nearly finished me off and I was hiding with a cup of tea. My inbox is full this morning of mums being like, oh my God, what is going on right now? And that's the stuff people relate to. And, you know, it doesn't, there is, again, there is no return on investment for that. But what that does is our content needs to do four things. It needs to attract, so it's got to be visible. It needs to um, nurture our community and our 
our audience and make people know, like, and trust us. It needs to educate them on whatever it is we do. And it needs to convert. If you're a small business, they're the four things you need to do. And that stuff, that personal stuff, those conversations about kids and about mum life and about juggling and all of the struggles, that's what nurtures. Mm, listening to you, I think I'm a bit too much in the personal. I'm a really <laughs> personal person and yeah. I am very happy to be open and vulnerable, but yeah, I don't think I have found the transition into also, okay, actually using it for my business. Yeah, I think feel like people are either stuck in one or the other. People either promote, 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 and they're like, why am I not selling anything? And it's because you're not nurturing your community. Mm -hmm. Or they nurture their community and they don't sell enough. There's that, people, yeah. Yeah, that's me. I nurture. <laughs> but <laughs> it's scary putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and what you said earlier about using the phrase that we're serving our community mm -hmm. rather than selling to our community is a really good one because it feels like nowadays you just have to be a salesperson. Yeah, you definitely don't. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. But mm. I think that we have to, I have so many women who come to me and they're like, if I don't start making sales, I'm going to shut this business. I'm going to have to shut this business down. I'm going to have to go back to work. or I'm going to have to get a job or I'm going to have to do something different. And if they're doing something good, and you know it doesn't have to be profound or life-changing it's just something that people enjoy or find value in it would be a real shame to shut that down not only just for their clients but also for them like I talk to a lot of my clients about finding their why and the idea is that a lot of people come to me and they'll be like oh yeah I really want to get more Instagram followers and I ask them why five times and the first one's like well why do you want to get more Instagram followers and they're like well because obviously I want to make more money and I'm like okay well why do you want to make more money and we do it five times and the fifth one is usually their core motivation and it's usually something like I want to save for a bigger house for my family or I want to you know I want a better life for my kids or something like that and that's what gets you up in the morning and that's what makes you sell because if you don't sell you don't have a business and you are not going to be able to fulfill that core motivation and that's the be all and end all like that's you know if you <laughs> want to go and you know get a job and work nights or whatever it is you have to do because you want to provide a better life for your family you know that's fine but if you want to avoid that then you have to sell do you have a mindfulness practice <laughs> what um, I mean by that is you sound and come across really level-headed and I don't know it's funny I'm listening to you talk before I've never felt that there was a real link between business and mindfulness and obviously well not obviously but as a yoga teacher I am quite a spiritual and holistic mm -hmm. person and hearing you talk I don't know I get the sense that you are as well a little bit yeah. and how do you marry that because I feel like business has such a boom 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 connotation do you know what yeah. I mean where yeah. do you find the sort of weaving in between that I've done a lot of mindset work a lot of mindset. So I read um, The Secret at the age of 16, which is like a law of attraction book. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, yeah. And it completely changed my life. And I realised, I mean, there's a lot about The Secret that I think nowadays is um, not, you know, you can kind of take from, from it what you want to and leave the rest aside. But the thing that I learned from it was about positivity and about strength of mindset and choices that we have to make. And I've taken that through my whole life and done a lot of work since. I read a lot of like self-help books and that kind of thing, really, really into mindset and um, all of that. And I definitely think that you can have a really thriving, it goes back to what we were saying, like the more money you have, the more you can help people and the, the more power you have. And I don't mean that in the way that we often talk about power. Um, in a negative way I mean like power for good you know and I want my kids growing up knowing that they can do anything they want to do that you know with a real growth mindset like my little girl my four-year-old had a really fixed mindset for a long time and she was like if I can't do it I'm not going to try she's 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 very bright she's very capable but actually what comes with that is that if she can't do something she instantly disregards it and we had to really teach her about growth mindset like the, the more you try the better you get and you know we don't we're not good at everything from the very beginning and we have to work things out and 
she has a, a gratitude journal that she does every night. She's had it since she was three. <laughs> oh my goodness. How, what does that look like? I mean, can, sorry, but my little one's only yeah. 22 months. Can they write at four? No. <laughs> okay. So how does that, how does that look like? Okay. So, so you ask her what she's grateful for and you write it down? Yeah. So the one she's got at the moment, she's had a few um, and they're all a little bit different, but the one she's got at the moment, she, it has an affirmation in it to say every day. And then she has two things that she has to think of that she's grateful for, or as she says, my favorite favorite parts of the day were and then she Mm -hmm. tells me her favorite parts and I have to do mine and then she it has little feelings and she has to fill in her feelings and like circle the one that she was feeling today and often she'll be like well I was feeling this like the happy one at this time but then I was also feeling the angry one at this time um and then at the bottom it has like a couple of questions like what did you learn today or what how do you want to feel tomorrow was the one we had last night and yeah just bringing them up with that awareness that they can do anything they're in control of their feelings they're in control of their life is so important I think important but also hard when yeah. sometimes <laughs> you feel like you're not in control <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's not how we speak to people when we were angry and then like 10 minutes earlier I was like yelling at them at yeah. my You're like okay you'll ignore that yeah <laughs> Oh my goodness. Aside from your gratitudes, is there anything else that you do for yourself in order to really recharge your energy? Not as much as I used to and not as much as I should. I think that I am definitely bottom of the pile at the moment. Um, And I feel like so many mums will relate to that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, working for me is a real, I love what I do. And I love like you said earlier you know it's a huge passion it is it is tough to find that balance and sometimes I feel like a little bit of a fraud because I encourage women through the practice of yoga and the podcast you know to tune in and know that how they feel is okay and Mm -hmm. well-being etc etc and navigate life through the ebbs and flows and everything's okay but then I'm not always holding that space for myself and then sometimes I'm like oh who am I to be telling you (laughs) yeah but isn't that part of it isn't that like you know none of us are doing a what we're kind of um preaching all the time and also allowing ourselves to not be perfect and to not you know like so this is going off on a little bit of a tangent but I had a um a bit of a drama with um a whatsapp group that I was in a little while ago and someone accused me of not supporting women and like just because I was disagreeing with something that they'd said and I was like hang on I support women wholeheartedly and you know and she was like you know with the job you do this that and the other and I was like because I support women and because I put myself out there doing it it does not mean that you get to hold me to an impossibly high standard of perfection like and don't come at me with that because that makes me then feel that I can't put out there that I support women just because I'm not perfect and we don't have to be perfect to be able to support other people and to be able to serve other people in a way that is positive right yeah and that's really interesting and actually tell me how you for yourself and how you encourage your clients also to deal with the negativity of social media because Mm. As much as we may be helping one, two, three, seven, twenty people, doesn't matter. There's always those fuckers. Mm, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, they're louder than the positive people. How do you navigate that and how do you encourage other people to navigate that? So yeah, sadly I have a lot of experience with this because not actually firsthand, but my brother was on the X Factor. Okay. And he, which is obviously a huge platform, and he was watched by like 6 million people every Saturday night. And that came with a lot of love and a lot of support, but it also came with a lot of hate. Like, as in death threats and, like, you couldn't even imagine the stuff that us as a family and he as an individual have been through. Why? Oh, because because people are idiots. Honestly. (laughs) I know, but, but, okay, so that reaction right there, like, would you ever watch someone on telly, dislike what they were singing, and then send them an absolute barrage of abuse? No. No, because you are a sane happy rational person so what does that say about the people that are doing that and would you take advice from those people Mm. I mean how long ago was that I hope like he's okay now yeah 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 I mean he's been through therapy and a lot of difficult times and like I'm saying this from a place of you know 10 years of learning 
Like this is when we were going through it, like it was horrendous. I've been with my other half for 20 years and we split up for the first time ever going through that for like a week, but still. And that's the only time we've ever like parted ways. And it was because of the stress of the X Factor. So yeah, it was stressful. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's insane. I, I posted a video of my little one the other day throwing a tantrum and Mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly, I feel annoyed that I even feel the need to put it in a disclaimer and be like Mm -hmm. I did all the things before like my first you know my first instinct wasn't to film her cuddled blah 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 but she was you know she's almost two she's just being a little shit throwing a tantrum for no fucking reason and anyway it got to the point I found it funny I'm I'm sorry call me a bad parent but I was like all I can do is laugh so I filmed her kicking and screaming And then I put like a caption saying, um, you know, it was first thing in the morning and I was like, had a good night's sleep, got offered toast for breakfast, cartoons on TV, but I'm a toddler, so I'm fucking raging. Yeah, I've seen those trends, yeah. And it was on TikTok. I'm embarrassed to admit that I took it down because the comments were unbelievable. Like, Mm. you shouldn't be filming your child, you know, they're in an emotional state you should be focusing on their emotional regulation (laughs) and the thing is I'm laughing because it's ridiculous but also all of a sudden I was like fuck yeah maybe maybe I was a bad parent and you just get that narrative yeah you do social media is fucking savage yeah yeah and it does it gets in your head doesn't it and you like you like you say the the one negative comment is always louder than the 20 positive comments which is such a shame but I think just knowing that you are a good person like just because somebody says something on the internet it absolutely does not make it true in fact quite the opposite like if you sit with yourself for a minute and you think about that you know that you're not a bad parent and that didn't come from a terrible place and that your child is not neglected and isn't going to grow up with emotional trauma because yeah. you've re- recorded them having a tantrum like it's just about <laughs> taking it back a minute and being like hang on who yeah. are these people they know nothing I know that I am yeah. a good person yeah yeah fuck off <laughs> it's so funny because it's so true but when you're in it honestly my anxiety was through the roof (laughs) you might have emotional trauma she doesn't I'm the one that needs emotional regulation (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness okay if uh, and delete that's the other thing delete 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 if people are negative they can piss off delete block all the oh yeah Oh yeah, report. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scam. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say in terms of okay, someone has their business and they want to be more active on social media in terms of promoting their business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, without getting too businessy, mm-hmm. imagine that you're you know talking to us as children. <laughs> what are some easy steps that people can do to just get started, put themselves out there into the world? Yeah, so I would figure out your goal and always take your goal off of social media. Same as what we said earlier about your community, like your goal can't be likes and follows. It has to be, what do I want social media to help me achieve? And when you do that, you take away the vanity metrics and that's the thing that doesn't matter anymore. So that would be my first one. Work out what your goal is. What what do you actually want? And it goes back to what we said about the core motivation. Like ask yourself why, why are you doing this? Because that's what's going to get you up in the morning and get you posting even when you really don't feel like it. I would also plan on social media. If you want to um, achieve more consistency, posting on the fly, spur of the moment, you're never going to keep up. Like you're never going to, I would create a schedule and it doesn't, you doesn't have to be every day. You can post three times a week. You can post every other day. You can post every day, ending with a Y, whatever you want to do, but try and stick to that schedule because what that does, it's not necessarily about, you know, you showing up enough times that your audience are going to see you, but it allows you to plan. So if you, if you say, I know I'm going to post four times a week, you know that you've just got to come up with four, four posts for next week. And I would plan a week in advance. So I run something called the social media planner and it provides prompts for every single day of the year and you know there's there's so many resources you can do it with the planner or you can do it with on your own but come up with your posts for that week and when you sorry just quickly you'll have to send me the link to the planner 
and I'll mm -hmm. um, add it or like to how people can find the planner, yeah. how to purchase it so that if people are interested, um, I can put it in the description. OK, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it includes so much. There's there's prompts in there. There's like National Awareness Days, you know, like National Chocolate Day and things like mm -hmm. that just to help you come up with content on a consistent basis, because it is hard and you don't want to get into this rat race where you, you it's Instagram becomes like a monster that you feel like you have to feed. And that's kind of what we want to get out of. We want to set it up in a way that it's manageable for us it's done so like every morning I just get up and it takes me five minutes to post whatever it is I'm going to post because I planned it last week and I know that in that way when I talked earlier about the four things that you need to hit if you want to build an audience and then convert that audience into sales you have to hit those four those four elements and if you're planning ahead of time you know that you can get all of those four in in one week or whatever it is you're you're trying to achieve um so yeah I would definitely plan ahead I would set up your boundaries I've got a little list of things to help people save time <laughs> yeah and and just know why you're doing it know why you're doing it who you serve knowing your target audience is really good because that allows you to really speak to them in a way that's going to resonate with them we want people you know when you like see a meme and you share it because you're like this is, i feel so seen i can't not share this yeah yeah yeah. that's what you want people to feel when they see your content and if you know who you're talking to you know who your target audience is then that's what you're going to achieve does that help yeah it does help my next question I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit <laughs> why should people I feel like I'm sold on you by the way I think you're lovely <laughs> but all of the things that you're saying I do feel like I have heard them before and I almost feel frustrated at the world sometimes because it's so hard to make a decision. We all want to live better lives mm -hmm. at the risk of sounding really negative. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not happy, but who doesn't want to improve their life? Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I think most of us do. And why should we work with you? I feel like that sounds like an awful question. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was that a question? Yeah, no, I, no that's fine. <laughs> I think um, I think the answer to the question is that I'm not the coach for everybody and no one is like and that's part of running a business right like if you are trying to be for everybody you end up being for nobody and I am really passionate about working with women who want to build businesses that fit into their lives and want to earn money and I don't see that as, you know, embarrassing or any, there's no shame surrounding that. And I think we, all, like you say, we all want to be improving our lives. And I wouldn't want to work with somebody who didn't feel that I aligned with their values and um, the way that they wanted to live their life. So I think if somebody were to come along I do a lot of one-to-one -one sessions I do a lot of live sessions I am on Instagram a lot and I think if somebody followed me it's about that nurture that nurturing your community and if somebody follows me and they like me and they like what I do and they feel that I can help them then you know I'm not the only person doing what I do loads of people do it but that doesn't mean that every other person that does it is right for every one of my clients like I am right for my clients and you will know that when you follow someone online, I think, and you get a measure for who they are. Yeah, I think the question I asked you was an awful question, but <laughs> I subconsciously got the answer that I didn't even really realize that I needed is that I'm not for everyone and that's okay. And although I think we know that, mm -hmm. there's knowing it and then there's really embodying it yeah. into ourselves, our life and our business. Yeah. And I think like people are so terrified to niche down and to be really specific about who it is that they work with. And that's where the money is. Like that's where the success and the uh, freedom and the community is. Because like I always use this analogy about like if you had, say you had a Rottweiler and you a puppy and you wanted it trained and you had one person over here who was a puppy trainer and one person over here who specialized in dangerous breeds, so-called dangerous breeds, you'd go to them because they know your breed and that's what niching down does and knowing your target audience and you know my social media planner one of the things it does is provide stock images for businesses to use online to like elevate their brand online on social media or whatever it is you need images for and so many stock libraries are full of american images european images so few have got British images in it. And I work solely with British women and British businesses. And again, it's something that my, my husband was really, my husband does not help with my business, by the way. He has nothing to do with my business, but he has a lot of opinions about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's so funny <laughs> he was really resistant to that he was like why only British that's such a small market I was like because I can help those people the best and my mm. images on my stock library there's over 4,000 images and they're all images of the British countryside our roads our buildings our plants our everything you know our scenery our food our tea like no no stock library has a cup of tea in it yeah <laughs> and it and you know at the risk of sounding like I'm plugging the stock library what I'm trying to explain is I think if you know who you're serving you serve them better did you find that you were your own target audience yeah well in in some ways I was like I obviously don't need stock images and um but I use the things that I have um I teach the things that I have used in my business to build my business to other women yeah yeah okay I'm gonna end on one last question <laughs> which is I'm gonna ask you because I'm sorry you sound way too level-headed for me <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to tell us about your horrible day <laughs> so we can all feel a little bit better <laughs> yeah I mean, you asked my kids yesterday, I was not level-headed at all. <laughs> like, I, I think one of the things I love to do on social media is show, like, all sides. So, like, the good and the bad, because we all have good and bad, right? Yeah. And so yesterday, I was actually with my cousin, who you had on here the other day. Oh, Hannah. Hannah, yeah. yeah. And we took all four of our children out to the park, and it was a shit show. Like, they were... <laughs> horrific all of them <laughs> actually the baby George the baby who's like tiny he was great the rest of them were hooligans and it it just escalated like they were moaning about not being in the push chair and not wanting to walk we take them on a walk like we're on a walk this is what you do the clues in the title they didn't <laughs> want to walk they didn't want to play in the park they didn't want to do anything and so then in the end we were like right let's just take them to Tesco's and we'll have a cup of tea and a cake and hopefully they'll settle down they didn't they didn't want to sit down so we ended up leaving Tesco's and my four-year-old dropped to the floor in the middle of the supermarket and had a full-on tantrum she's four like she should know better luckily Hannah was behind me a few steps and I just walked out and I checked her later I texted her later and I was like people that didn't know you were with me thought I abandoned my child <laughs> Because I was just done. I was like, I have yelled at you so many times today. And you, she, all the way home, she's like, I don't want you to be my mummy anymore. I don't like you. I don't love you. All of this. And yeah, and then we got home and it got even worse because my one-year-old brought all the stones in from the garden and tipped them all over my living room. And yeah, it was just one of those days. <laughs> and I shouted a lot. So I'm not that level-headed. <laughs> oh my goodness. They are... I'm sorry, kids sometimes are just psychos. Oh, they're arseholes, honestly. Like, the same thing happened to me. I went to co-op last night. I just needed some pasta sauce for dinner. And Isla just all of a sudden, literally out of nowhere, just sat on the floor in the supermarket and started stamping her feet and screaming. <laughs> I was, And you're like, what do you do? What, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> And what I hate the most is that one of my first reactions is, what will people think? Yes. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, isn't everyone's? I know. And also, you know, if I see a mum struggling, I almost want to give her like a fist bump, like, been there, like, yeah. if you need some help, I'll drag them up off the floor if you need me to. Yeah, so yeah. I hate that I always worry about what other people think. And, you know, we were on a flight recently and my one-year-old screamed for two hours of a four-hour flight. It was horrific. And a man turned around and was like, looking at me like really sneering at me and I was just like I can control her whinging as much as I can control yours unfortunately yeah, so yeah. don't <laughs> give me that face like <sighs> nobody is enjoying this less than I am right now I think exactly the same like yeah. do you think I want my kid doing this right now yeah. I'm just having a great time <laughs> yeah yeah um, okay, if people have listened to this and are interested in finding you, potentially working with you, how can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, like I said, and it's just Sophie Callahan, and Callahan is C A W L A H A N O G, and that's where you'll find me mostly, and all my links are on there, so that's probably the best place to go. Amazing! Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on, Sophie, and sharing me. all of your tips and words of wisdom i hope you have a wonderful day thank you for having me i think what you're doing is amazing oh thank you so much um yeah 
trying getting there <laughs> hopefully one day one day it'll monetize with your help no pressure yeah, yeah it will <laughs> okay i will speak to you very soon thank you magli bye, bye.